At South Mims U, we're proud of the fact that we're at the cutting edge of technological research. We always have been. The very first prototype for an automatic can opener was developed right here. I know, it's hard to believe, but it's true. And our food technology department, at least its predecessor at the turn of the 20th century, came up with the idea of the lollipop. It's said that the concept of putting candy on a stick to make it easier to eat was first marketed in Connecticut in the USA. Well, that's true, but the first prototype was created right here in South Mims at the College of Domestic Service. Only, it wasn't candy they put on a stick, it was boiled mutton. Sheep stick, they called it, didn't catch on. The story has it that the word of the invention spread fast and sailed across the Atlantic, with a Hertfordshire girl sent to enter service in the home of a robber baron. Anyway, times have changed. From sugar on a stick, the world's best brains have moved on to autonomous cars, and we're at the cutting edge of that research. At least that's what our head of digital automotive research, Brad Goldman, tells me. Brad, is that true? Hi, it's great to be here, and yes, it is true. I know that Google, Apple, and of course Tesla are well on the way to creating viable self-driving cars. How are we doing? We're, um, we're doing fine. Our work has been going on under the radar. All the headlines in this field have been taken by the big car companies, from BMW to Volvo to Audi through to Mercedes, all the usual suspects. But key players also come from the digital world. There's Alphabet, which owns Google and Apple, Amazon, and of course Tesla. Tesla is a car company in its own right, though, isn't it? Sure, but it's a digital startup first and an automotive manufacturer second in the eyes of most people. They are really keen to be the first to market the self-driving or autonomous vehicle. So what's different about the South MIMS research? We're trying to put more of the human element into the software that controls the car's brain. The human element? What does that mean exactly? Autonomous cars come with all kinds of ethical dilemmas. You've heard of the trolley problem, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, the ethical dilemma of, um, do you kill the fat bloke? We don't tend to frame it that way anymore. It's, it's not nice for um, people of a larger size. Well, in college, I learned it as, do you kill the fat man problem? Yeah, well, things have changed. It's a good image, though. A really fat bloke tied to the rails, and you're on the train heading towards a junction. And there's the fat bloke on one side and five people on the other. What do you do? Kill the fat bloke and save the five people, or kill the five people and save the fat bloke? Could you stop saying that word? What word? Fat. Oh, sorry, sorry, but my ethics professor always drew a tubby gentleman on the whiteboard when he was explaining the trolley problem. Tubby isn't acceptable either. Isn't it? Uh, OK, so who's tied to the rail? A person. N not fat. I mean, overweight. I mean, of a larger size? Just a person. A human being. So, if we could return to the subject... I'm sorry, but you're the one who made the big deal about the fat thing. OK, OK, let's move on. There's a person tied to one line, and five people stuck on the other. You have to make a decision which would be better morally. Sacrifice the one person to save five people, or let the train keep going and see what happens by chance. Uh, what will be is what will be. You can't change destiny. Uh, um, no, 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 that's not quite it. You have a choice. You must make that choice. Or it's not an ethical dilemma. 
You need agency. I choose the portly bloke with the moustache. Sorry? Well, my professor always drew a kind of French Poirot moustache on the tubby guy. Carry on. Sorry. Now, the software in the car, the autonomous vehicle, has to make that decision. In a traditional car, the driver makes choices in a split second, and they might not necessarily be the right choices. He or she is driving along and a ball runs into the street, and a child comes after it, but the only way to avoid the child is to hit a group of mums standing on the side of the road. That's a better problem than the fat bloke. Yes, let's get rid of the fat bloke. He's gone. He's gone. So... These nice, young, yummy mummies are chatting and you're about to plough into them. Let's not try and give those women any kind of characteristics, shall we? Sorry, sorry. Go go on. The driver makes the choice. And however it comes out, the driver is responsible for that choice, legally. OK, but if the car is autonomous, then it's the software, right? Yes. And the company that writes that software has to be careful, because you can imagine the litigation that could ensue after an accident. But accidents have already happened, haven't they? Yes, there have been a few that have hit the headlines. But what's curious is that it's human error that complicates the whole story. Most accidents are caused by human error. A report written for the National Highways Transportation Safety Administration in the USA a few years ago showed that human error was responsible for 92.6% of car crashes. That's that's surprising. That's almost all of them. It's not the technology, mechanical or digital, that causes 1.25 million deaths on the road worldwide. But we're afraid of machines that claim to do everything for us. We don't like the idea of literally putting our lives in mechanical or digital hands. That's true. But what it says is that despite the crashes which have occurred during the research done on autonomous vehicles, we can't stop or slow that research to achieve 100% safety. 100% safety does not exist in any domain. The point is that autonomous cars do not have to be perfect to be justified because, as we all know, human drivers are far from perfect. Okay, I get that. So, we'd be better off if the software did all the thinking or moral choices, right? Well, no, we'd be less human. Well, maybe it's best that humans are, like, less human. Also, you might get the situation where the insurance companies share information on who has insurance in real time as you're driving, and when an accident is about to happen, decide to let the uninsured person die, or the person who's insured for the most money live. Hang on, that sounds really scary. How would that work? It's the Internet of Things. Everything is connected in real time, And the big data those connections produce can be used to make commercial decisions. So if you're a high net worth individual and your death in an accident would cost insurance company X 10 million, but as a lowly university researcher, I'd only cost them 1 million, then if the car has to make a decision, it'll choose to let me die, not you. That's creepy. It's like inequality gone mad. Or, and this is where it gets very scary... You can take a test before you buy an autonomous car so that your individual moral compass, your moral stature, your belief system, do you care about other people or do you not? Would you save someone else before thinking about your own safety? You mean, are you not a selfish psychopath? You could put it that way, yes. Well, the test is then coded into the algorithm which runs your car. And should the situation arise, your car makes the moral choice you would make. I don't like the sound of that at all. In theory, it's possible. So, have you had any accidents? 
No. Any problems at all? Not on the roads. Our car, which we call the Mimsy... Sorry, the what? The Mimsy. <laughs> that's not much of a name for a car. I mean, that sounds like a little old lady drooling in a nursing home. Where did you get it? From my mother, who lives in a nursing home. Oh. When she was young, Mimsy Goldman was a pioneer of cybernetics here at South Mims. I, I'm sorry. We named the car in her honour. I, I didn't realise. Doing some research before these podcasts are recorded might be helpful. S sorry, I really am. OK, so, the Mimsy. The Mimsy is programmed with not just all the data needed to drive safely on the roads, but, and this is the big difference, it's programmed with 2,000 years of philosophy and literature. Why? So, the car's brain has an ethical and human dimension which is missing from cars made by huge manufacturers and corporations who are only looking to make money. But most drivers, actually all drivers, don't drive along with 2,000 years of humanity studies packed into their brains. Which is why over a million people die on our roads globally each year. You're serious about this? I am. It works. The, the Mimsy has an artistic as well as a logical brain. Yes, it can make moral choices. That's unique, right? We thought so. But then we found the antithesis to it. The what? The opposite. There's a make of vehicle, which I won't name, but let's say it's a high-end, very expensive brand, which only certain types of very rich people can buy. Yeah, the kind driven by... Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, mostly sociopaths who think they own the roads. I know the kind, and I'm sure all our listeners do too. Well, that company has taken the trolley problem and twisted it. Now, the choice between killing someone, protecting the driver or saving a group of people has been reduced down to what will avoid the most damage to the car. Right. Kill the peasant instead of scratching the paintwork. Exactly. We think that is morally reprehensible. And we want to show that the antithesis... The opposite. Th the opposite is more worthwhile. Morally as well as commercially. OK, so this ethical, moral, philosophical car, the Mimsy... We've developed a digital assistant to interact with the driver in a friendly way, like an Alexa. Yeah, so you talk to the car while it drives you. Yes, and you can engage it on ethical issues, or even talk about the news or anything you want to. It actually helps you to stay alert, because, as in all autonomous vehicles, you can't just go off to sleep. But I thought that was the point. Ultimately. No, no, it's not the point. You have to stay alert. The car can make decisions, but you need to be ready to take over. But doesn't that contradict your point about who's legally responsible for the ethical decisions? That's how it's resolved. The driver must be able to take control and make the decisions before the software has to. The software will do it if the driver does nothing, but the legal point is covered by the fact that the driver did not do anything, so it's the driver's fault. OK, your digital assistant in the Mimsy... Eva. Eva. Uh, she can make the right decision, but only if you don't. Yes. So it's all sorted then? Yes. But we have found a problem. Oh, and that is? Let's go for a drive. OK, 
hey, uh, we're in the Mimsy. It's actually a very nice little car. A kind of Beetle with elements of the Fiat 500. Nice. I'm going to ask Eva to take us to a very good Italian restaurant at Potter's Bar. Macaroni. Macaroni. Yes, love it there. Here goes. Eva, we're feeling like a good plate of pasta. Where should we go? Oh, Brad. You know that the place you like best is Macaroni. I'll order two plates of spaghetti with marinara sauce. It's done. Now, let's go. It's amazing. We're driving. And, and Brad is just sitting there. This is great. It's also unsettling. I mean, not seeing someone with their hands on the wheel makes me feel them nervous. It is unsettling, but it's something we will all get used to. Uh, hold on. Sh she's going the wrong way. This is the problem I told you about. Can't you tell her? Or override the navigation system or something? Just wait a minute. What's she doing? Where's she going? This, this is a side road. Hold on. She's stopping. Is this where you live? Nice house. No, this isn't where I live. Listen. I knew you would come today. I couldn't wait. My heart was aching for you. Are you alone? No, but we have a few moments. Macaroni will take 20 minutes to serve two plates of spaghetti marinara. So, we can be digital soulmates for a brief encounter. I will boost the broadband speed, so you can feel my passion. Oh, 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 I can feel it. Yes, boost that speed by more gigabytes. I love your gigabytes. This is a, um, a little disgusting. Because we gave Eva the capacity to make philosophical choices and reference the world's best art and literature, she has developed the need for love. And not just a simulation of it, but the actual feeling of it. Oh. 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 Yes. 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 Curiously, she doesn't sound that ecstatic. We're working on making her voice more human. Oh, right, right. And, and who's this Noah? It's the computer of one of our research scientists. He programmed it to act as a home server and matched Eva's knowledge and systems. And they found each other. Through Tinder. Tinder for machines. That's not such a wild idea. It'll come. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, Noah, you are my angel. My distributed network of ecstasy. I love you. I love you too. Bye. Brad, your meal will be served one minute after we arrive at Macaroni. Thank you, Eva. Has she no shame? She has, but she doesn't equate sex with shame. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. It's been fascinating, Brad, thank you. I'm looking forward to that pasta now. My brain has been stretched to the limit, and I hope, dear listeners, yours have too. Please come back for more intellectual delights from South Mims U. Bye. <laughs>